0: want to do better then it's time to change the story welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art tech and innovation and now your hosts michael ashley and neil sahota
1: hey welcome to another episode of changing the story we have a very special guest today elijah stacy hello suffers from a genetic muscle-wasting disease known as DeShane's muscular dystrophy, which took away his ability to walk at age 11. However, Elijah's spirit remains unbridled as he's optimistic about the future and has a deep passion for business. His passion, thankfully, has led Elijah to start a 501c3 nonprofit organization when he was just 15 years old called Destroy DeShane's. Elijah, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for
0: having me. Elijah, as a visionary, what is the story that you would like to bring to the world?
2: Yeah, so the vision that I have for the world, the type of impact that I'm trying to create, the world that I envision is a is a world where those with genetic diseases are cured, and their health is restored back to normal. And this vision comes from what I consider to be my why of life, my my overall cause, uh, which I explain as this: to minimize human suffering and advance human. Prosperity, so that humanity can have a better uh, quality of life. And so, the way I want to do this, the method I'm using to make this vision uh, happen, to contribute to it, is by trying to destroy uh, Duchenne, which is the genetic disease that I have.
1: So this is a superb mission in life, and I I know that you, you know, you're you're at ground zero. I mean, I, I think of myself if I were suffering from like this, it would be catastrophic. How did you make the leap from kind of what was me to I'm going to do something about it?
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a little bit of a story but basically what happened was um when I was in my freshman year of high school towards the end of it I started to really start to get the desire to you know I want to create some type of impact on the world. You know I always wanted to achieve some type of greatness and do something really amazing. Um, but I started to realize, no, I want to do, I want to do it now. Like, I don't want to wait till I'm, you know, 20, 30, why can't I do it now at 15? And I just didn't know what yet. Um, but during the summer of that same year, I went to a fundraiser, at, for, uh, To uh, to raise money for uh, Shane. And anyways, during the fundraiser, they had these booklets and we're looking through the booklets and it, you know, towards the back of the book, it basically says like, you know, uh, patients lose their ability to walk and it explains the disease. And I go, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's not surprising. You know, I'm sitting in my wheelchair reading that, so I'm not surprised there, but then it starts to mention, you know, uh, since it's a muscle wasting disease, um, patients lose their ability to use their arms. And I thought, wow, that that really hit me kind of like, no, 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 not my arms too, because, you know, I grew up on the football field, uh, love playing basketball, you know, even in my wheelchair. Um, so I couldn't imagine not being able to throw the football around with my dad, you know, he was a head coach, um, you know, so all that stuff. So that's kind of how I grew up. And then I keep reading the booklet and it goes on to say that, um, patients normally pass away in their mid twenties. And I'm going here going, Whoa, what, what is that? That's, you know, like I'm not, I'm thinking about death now at 15 uh, while I'm looking at this booklet. Um, And I thought, well, okay, maybe this is a mistake. Maybe I'm exempt from this type of thing. Uh, But then it, you know, made me come to reality because it said, you know, the heart is a muscle too. the diaphragm, you know, what is responsible uh, to help your lungs right? That's a muscle too. And so it made me accept, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like those muscles are going to get weaker too. So uh, really in that moment, I, I went home, Watch a movie to try and distract myself. My favorite superhero, um, Iron Man, and you know I was watching him, and he uses his knowledge to solve his problems. And uh, you know I realized, hey, I like business and stuff. I could really start a business and try and do something about that. And so that's kind of where I got the that was the aha moment. Awesome. That's
0: wonderful elijah and that's remarkable that it's such a young age that you're you're taking this on for people that don't know you've you've mentioned some of the symptoms and things that happen. Could you give us a little background on this disease because, as I mentioned to you in the pre interview, I had never heard of this until we were introduced by a mutual friend um Can you give us some background on it?
2: yeah, so uh thechae muscular dystrophy um is a muscle wasting disease and um Basically, what happens is, as time goes on, the muscles start to get weaker and they start to deteriorate. Um, so basically, when you're about five years old, it starts to become noticeable. You walk a little bit slower. You start to walk on your toes because other muscles in your legs are compensating for the muscles that are getting uh, weak. Um, but you're still trying to compensate and still trying to walk. Um, and so, you know, a lot of kids that have it, they'll fall on the floor. It's really frequent to see them fall on the floor. To get off the floor is harder. I and mean, that's when it becomes real noticeable. Um, and then, uh, when I was 11 and really about age 11 to 14 is when, um, uh, patients with Duchenne, they um, become completely wheelchair dependent. So they lose their ability to walk, um, and have to use a power wheelchair full time. And then after that, you know, in their teenage years, at the beginning, their arms start to get weaker, you know, um, being able to raise their arm above their chest becomes a challenge, you know, raise your arm in class to answer a question. Um, just basic things like that, drink water, eat food, all that becomes a challenge, um, and then you know they they might start to develop um, you know weakness with their heart and, and breathing problems. Some of them have to go on a ventilator, um, stuff like that. And most pass away in their mid twenties, as I said earlier. Um, and you know they, they have to take a uh, most most patients I know um, take a steroid um, to try and to help with the uh, the disease, stop with the progression, give them strength. But um, that's that's really all we we got as of right now.
1: Wow. So with your nonprofit, Destroy Your Shames, what are what's the type of work you guys are actually doing? And I mean, are you looking for a cure, helping people that are suffering from the disease.
2: Mm. What are the goals? Yeah, so the official slogan, um, which I thought was really powerful, which I decided to trademark, is complete the cure, right? Um, what we're trying to do is really simple. We want to advance gene editing and gene therapy um, approaches, um, which I consider to be the future of medicine, into human practice, so really we want to contribute uh, money to scientists, um, perhaps new companies, because there's so much being done within these two fields um, every day, and, and perhaps give them seeding money so that they can uh, start start their company, do their research, and help uh, further that uh, science so that we can get this into human practice and and cure the disease altogether. We, you know, the reason I'm interested in gene editing, gene therapy, we we can get into that because that's my passion. I really love that. and I think it's just so fascinating and, um, I'm a big advocate of it.
0: Yeah. For those that are, that don't know about what's available, I think you're talking about technologies such as CRISPR. Yes. Um, but could you go into what CRISPR is and, and what some of these new technologies are for our, our listeners who don't know?
2: Yeah, so a CRISPR would be a type of gene editing. Uh, gene editing is a little bit different than gene therapy. Uh, but CRISPR, basically what it is, is it gives us the tool, and the simplest way I can explain this is it gives us the tool to rewrite our DNA. And so basically your DNA encodes for everything in your body, um, such as your muscle cells, right? It encodes for this thing called dystrophin. Um, so if we're talking about the chain specifically, there's this thing called dystrophin. And that helps your muscle cells basically stay strong um and uh people with Duchenne, they have a faulty dna code so they're missing the the blueprints um which tells which tells us all how to make make uh dystrophin and so basically crispr if there's a faulty dna code within our cells crispr can go in and then rewrite that dna code and correct it and it looks perfect like you would never notice that there was a, a mistake a faulty dna code
1: Wow, so in effect, if we do like this gene editing, the body has the capacity to essentially heal itself or repair itself?
2: Uh, it it would have the, it would have the ability to, uh, no longer cause progression because, ah. uh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and to me, I consider that to be a cure. If we can, um, stop it to where the person doesn't get weaker, you know, they, they won't pass away in their mid twenties or their arms won't get weaker. Or, um, if they're little or, uh, you know, they won't, uh, lose their ability to walk. Um, I would consider that to be a cure. So yeah, it stops the progression because then we can encode so that their muscle cells have all the right components so that it no longer deteriorates.
1: That that's huge. So if you could, if you did, so if you caught this like when someone's a baby, they may never really contract the disease at all. Is that possible?
2: Uh, basically, yeah. As a wow. baby, um, but even patients today, uh, like me uh, or my little brother who also has Deshane, um, he, you know, it would still help us because we won't uh keep deteriorating. And yeah. Yeah. Be a really great thing, and the other thing too that I, I think is so amazing that I love to add to this is um, by advancing this for Duchenne CRISPR, it advances it for all other genetic diseases, and the things that CRISPR can do for um, basically humanity is is near endless. I mean, it's really going to help uh, minimize human suffering. So I get real fired up about it.
0: Well, understandably so, and that's wonderful that you're you're involved in this. I, I also understand that you recently wrote a book too. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what that was like and what your book entails.
2: Yeah, so I wrote a book uh, basically at 17, um, 18 now, um, and I wrote it. It's called A Small If, and I guess I'll tell a mini story real quick so we know why it's called A Small If basically um because of the shame um your back muscles also deteriorate right if you don't use them as much you know if you stop walking they're going to get weaker um or let's just say core muscles and basically a lot of people develop scoliosis so my spine was really curved um and most uh a lot of the times patients have to get um, this really invasive spinal surgery where they basically insert a metal rod to correct the scoliosis in your in your back. And it just doesn't sound pleasant, right? You just don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my back was deteriorating so much that, uh, my doctor, you know, one, one of the doctors that visits when I was 16, he's like, Hey, I got to put my foot down. Like, I'm going to have to start to push you to get the surgery now. Like it's getting to the point now where it's, it's too bad because if your back keeps uh, curving, uh, your spine could start to, um, damage some of the organs in your body and that, and that, that can cause a lot of other problems too. So I was, you know, we went back and forth, me and the doctor arguing about it. And I said, okay, like hypothetically, let's just say that I was able to, reverse my back, which he said is medically impossible, you know, never seen it been done, whatever. Let's just say I was able to do that. Could I then avoid not having to get the surgery? You know, I don't want a metal rod in my back. Um, and he say, hey, once again, I got to put my uh, foot down and encourage you to get the surgery. But um, because I know you and know your character, I will give you a small if, you know, as in you have a small if in chance being able to reverse it, but I'll give you that. And so all that hope, i that was the only hope I needed, right? That, that small if and um i'm the type of guy that when someone says you can't do something i love to go like full force and do it anyways right i like when people doubt me I, and it's just ultimate motivation and so when he told me that, for the next four months, went to physical therapy, started eating right, even taught myself how to cook. You know, in my wheelchair because I wanted to lose some weight, maybe that would um, take some of the the pressure off my back. Like I was doing everything, visualizing stuff, um, affirmations to like you know just really get my mind um, focused on. Hey, I know what I got to do every day. I got to go hard and try and reverse my back. Long story short, um, went to the doctors to do the X-ray, and my back was straighter, and I didn't have to get the surgery. So I did what was essentially impossible wow so that's why i named the book a small lift because really my whole life has been about that and really that's what Destroyed the about if you think about it you know i'm trying to do something where the odds are against me but i'm gonna do it anyways right that's a that's a really
1: inspirational and powerful message because you know you look at a lot of the big challenges of the world like climate change or even the you know, COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of a lot of people were just sitting here going like, what can I really do to move the needle? Mm-hmm. I think we actually have more power than we realize. Even if we do something small, the aggregate adds up if we all move towards the same goal.
2: Definitely.
1: Is, is that one of the things that you, you tap into with your, your powerful story? Do you try and inspire and encourage others to essentially find their small ifs?
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, a, a big... Uh Thing that I want to come out of this book, which, yeah, so uh, the book is an autobiography, and at the end of each chapter, there's basically a lesson that I learned that I think people can apply to their life. Um, but yeah, like one of those lessons is like if people doubt you, you know, a lot of people let the negativity, the mean comments just make them collapse and want to hide and not go harder. But my advice, my opinion is when people do that to you, I consider that to be rocket fuel. That's what I call it in the book, rocket fuel, because, um, I use this analogy, right? Like, uh, with the, with enough rocket fuel, you can overcome things holding you down, even if it's gravity. Right. And so that's where I got the idea of calling rocket fuel. So yeah, no, I want people to, you know, go hard. Even if someone tells you you can't do it, like, no, use that as motivation. Like don't see that as a bad thing that people are hating on you, but see it as a good thing that you can use that to motivate yourself to, to win even more. So yeah, I, I, you know, I want to inspire people to make a difference because I really think everybody has the uh, capacity to make a difference.
0: You know, uh, first of all, I like that term rocket fuel, and I think your story is incredibly powerful. Um, I think about um, even my morning today, where uh, and it happens some mornings uh, where I just feel overwhelmed by what's coming at me. And I think a lot of people feel that way, especially in the last four months. So for people that that feel overwhelmed, uh, it may not even be someone else that's criticizing them or giving those mean comments that you mentioned, but just, you know, the very act of life itself, even when you don't have a disease uh, like Duchenne, I mean, it can it can feel overwhelming at times as if it feels hopeless. What would you say to those people who just don't feel that they can go on for whatever reason, whatever they're experiencing in their lives? that that has broken them down and and taken away their resolve, what would you say to those people?
2: I think what I would say to those people that that are hopeless right now, that have a lot of adversity, that have a lot of negativity, I think I would say to those people that you need to recognize, uh, which is a total different perspective, but recognize that adversity is actually something that can make you better right? When, when you have adversity, when you have those challenges, when you do things that suck, it makes you have stronger character. And I think that's the part two of my answers that realize that character is probably the most important thing that you have.
1: That's a really powerful statement, Elijah. I mean, you know, the old saying, I think, is whatever doesn't break you makes you stronger. But I think a lot of people are even afraid of those break you moments, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, your case, there was no way, no way around it. And I think you be really came stronger from it for people that have a choice, right? Do you go into the resistance or not? You know, do you take the path of most resistance or least resistance? What, what's, what's your advice to people on on that?
2: Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it uh, sometimes too, but I really, I really believe strongly that, um, Don't do that. Like, take like do things that suck. Like, literally do things that's like something that I do. (laughs) No, like, like seriously, like something that I do before like I give a speech. Like, if I'm giving a big speech or about to do a fundraiser, about to do something that's real important, and really, I just try to do this as often as I can. But you got to be in the right mindset. I literally go in my shower and I take a freezing cold shower because it sucks, Um, and that builds that toughness, that mental toughness. And what I do, this is a little. A little off topic but what i do is when i take the shower i recite the speech in my mind and then um i i literally visualize myself messing up with the cold water on me because that's uncomfortable because when you're on stage and you mess up it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling but this trains me to get used to the being uncomfortable so that if i am on stage and i do mess up i can just go straight through it and it makes the speech so much better but the point is when you do things that suck they don't suck as much. You, what I call it in my book, i actually wrote one of the lessons on this too. It's called expanding your comfort zone. A lot of times people say, "Oh, like you know, comfort is an enemy, or get out of your comfort zone, or whatever." Like, but I don't see it as that. Like, it's 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 expanding your comfort zone because when you do things that are uncomfortable, you become comfortable with them. So you're just becoming more comfortable with you know the hardships of life. Awesome advice.
0: Yeah. And, and b- by the way, I, as a person who hates taking cold showers but does it once a week. Uh, I, I understand where you're coming from there. And uh, that's an interesting way to uh, deal with adversity. Um, what also it reminds me of Elijah is um, the hero's journey um, in the sense that anytime time uh, for personal growth to happen in a story, you have to give the character what they least want to happen in their lives. And the external circumstances then conspire make internal changes within the individual. Um, And so it seems like you're embracing that mindset. And, and like you said, doing things that you suck, uh, allow you to grow your character. And since, uh, you know, this is the first time we are actually meeting on, on this uh, call here for people that that don't know you, what would you say your character is? Who who are you?
2: I think that I would tell people, I mean, the type of person that I am is I'm someone that genuinely cares about other people. Like, you know I'm, I'm just gonna i'm just going speak you know I think a lot of people fake generosity nowadays where they want to act like they want to help people right like no i i 'm someone that genuinely cares about people I want to minimize their human suffering i 'm um, someone that just wants people to to be happy in life but wants them to you know overcome the challenges that they have. That's the type of person that I am. And I try to do that by making myself stronger, you know, by trying to be mentally tough, by trying to, um, you know, inspire other people, you know, and kind of combine those two, you know, it's kind of like that whole philosophy of like, in order to uh, change the world, you first have to make sure your life is in order. You first have to clean your room before you try to cure cancer type of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Well, Elijah, you know, you've, you've been a huge
1: inspiration. I think your, your story has been incredible. You know, 2030, 10 years from now, what's your hope for the world? What do you think it will be like? You know, hopefully, maybe Duchesne's will be a thing of the past, but what's your vision?
2: Yeah, so 2030, um, I hope that by then, genetic diseases are mostly cured. Um, and I hope that we can start to get into science of how we can restore um people's health. So not only do I want to stop it so the progression stops, right? So the disease is not making our life worse, but can we restore it? Right. So like if someone gets in a car accident and they become paralyzed, you know, they're gonna probably have muscle atrophy. Like and same with someone like uh with I, I'm really interested in medicine too. I mean, that's really the direction I want to take to short of Shane after we cure it is, can we fund research that will help people restore um, damaged muscle? Can we restore that damaged muscle in that person so that they can use their body as they normally would, right? So it's completely healthy. Um, and I think that can help a lot of people. So I, I think in 2030, I'd like, I'd like to see um, disease already cured. And then we're starting we're starting to do research on, on those type of things.
0: Well, we would both see that also, Elijah. This is an incredible, powerful story. How can other people learn about what you're doing and get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, so you can um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter um, at Elijah J Stacy, uh, and I split my last name is S T A C Y, so it's Elijah J Stacy. Mm-hmm. Or you can follow me on Facebook, and it's um, at uh, fb. Elijah J. Stacy, so FB at Elijah J. Stacey. Um, And then if you want to follow the nonprofit, it's just Destroy uh, DeShane, which is D-U-C-H-E-N-N-E. Um, you can find that on Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, basically everywhere. Or you can go to DestroyDeShane.org. We'll make
1: sure all that's in the show notes for our audience. This has been a very inspirational story. Thank you for sharing it, Elijah.
2: Make Thank you life. guys. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, if you like
0: today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment.
1: If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank
0: you.